airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to your Friday. You picked a good one. Looks good on you. Mm-hmm. Fridays look good on people. It's one of those things that everybody can wear it, <laughs> and it just looks good. It's like it's like the color black. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I haven't met a person who's like, oh, I just don't look good in black. You know? I, what I like, haven't met that person either. Yeah, you know, that's what Friday is. Anyway, yeah. it's especially. I'm oh, it's, oh, and I'm Will, and it's just hey. especially Good Friday. It's our anniversary. So yep. happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Happy anniversary to you, too. I appreciate it. Um, how are things working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> what? That just what? sounds so businesslike. Well. <laughs> how are things working out for you? How is the whole marriage thing working out for you? <laughs> You've been married 16, 16 years. 16 years. You've got six kids. Six kids. Yes. Um, so I think it's working out fine. I mean, wow. I mean, That's just a, looking at the numbers, there's also emotion involved. How how are things working out for you? I mean, if you're looking <laughs> at the numbers, the numbers are good. Yes. All right. I think I, I definitely think we're in a V-shaped recovery here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. This no. News no. Consumption it's... makes us weird. Um, <laughs> but bless, anyways, bless, yeah. uh, blessing. You know. Yep. Um, and and you know. Like, man, you just learn so much over the years. You know, um, mm. marriage grows you up. Uh, uh-huh. It helps mature you. And so I, I would say, like, it's, it's great, you know. And then having uh, children definitely grows you up more. <laughs> it helps you to uh, mature. Uh, so that's great as well. But, yeah, it's been a blessing. And, man, I, the Bible is definitely true that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And obtains obtains favor from the Lord, so uh, I have definitely benefited from that. Mm. So that's, well, that's, I, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I would echo everything that you just <laughs> said, with the exception of the finding the wife thing. That <laughs> is reserved for you. Um, yes. But I, I will say we are blessed. I'm 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 excited to to still um, like you. <laughs> at this point, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, it's a good thing, right? I still I still like you. Yeah. Um. 16 years and six kids. I do have a question for you. I yes. about this, uh, and so, you know, as with <laughs> most of our, our questions, got to ask you on the air because this is the only hour of life we actually live. Um, <laughs> the, rest, the rest of our time is doesn't exist. Only this hour. So whatever people know about us from this, this is it. Guys, oh, this man. is it. This is where we live here for this one hour. So since I have you here for this time, that's all we get. Uh, question. Um. Are there times now I'm asking you this question seriously because I I remember now I will just confess to you. Uh-huh. Okay. Confession. Um once the children are, you know, in <laughs> their rooms, you know, once they have made it to that point where they get that eviction notice, you uh-huh. know what I mean? And they're no longer in the room with yes. us. Yes. Um I will confess to kind of hanging back a little bit when I hear 
some cries because some of them you can tell when it's going to be a thing. Uh-huh. And, and then some of them, you know, it's like, eh, you know, they, <laughs> eh, they're okay. You yeah. know, um, so I will, I will confess to you that there are times or have been times in the past where I have kind of like, I heard them, <clears throat> but I felt like maybe you should have heard them first. <laughs> and so I was <laughs> just kind of keep my eyes closed until oh, okay. until I watch deep spiritual word here discern <laughs> that there is movement, you know, <laughs> coming from an- another authority. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so question, yes. have you two been guilty of that ever? Uh, I would say in the in the beginning. <laughs> what beginning? Like, what do you, do you mean the beginning of their lives, or do you mean the beginning of having children? I'm in trying to in, listen of, properly. <laughs> of having children, because <laughs> uh-huh. I think more and more, as like, especially with the uh, the little three. Yes, I I kind of I don't know picked up what you were doing and considered it my job to try to go first, mm-hmm. unless. Mm-hmm. Like if it was cries, I, I feel like I would go, you know, reluctantly, but I would go. <laughs> but if yeah. it was per- already perceived that the child ha- is sick, uh, I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like Mickey. Yeah, no, no, I'm all, I, <laughs> no, no. If they're no, I mean under normal circumstances. Oh, under normal circumstances, oh, yeah, no, I think, I think, I think, yeah. If they, if they're, if they're not well. I would probably trip you if you try to go before me. Like, I mean, I'm sticking my leg out. You're not going to beat me to the. That's not even a question. I mean, under normal circumstances, everything's okay. Because distinctly, let me just say, uh, a couple nights ago, Mm -hmm. I was convinced that you heard Timmy. Okay. I was convinced. No, Timmy's in the room, though. Correct. And I thought, well, he's, <laughs> yeah. No. And I thought, well, look. he's gotten everything, you know, he's fine. Yes. So this is the moment for, you know, for Will to kind of, this, no, is, this is your No, if part. I didn't get up, I didn't hear him, like, honestly speaking. That's wild. Okay. Because I, I well, then normally I would. for everything that I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been really tired. Forgives me. Dog yeah, tired, that's boss. crazy. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you. So here's, here's what I did. I was like, I was like, ah, no, we have an agreement. Um, if I don't respond, that means it's just because he kind of just needs to be rocked a little bit and uh-huh. you can do that, you know. And so I was like, yeah, no, he's fine. I was like, <laughs> you know, the husband's going to get up and get him. <laughs> so then well, I'm like, the husband, husband, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, of man, course, you know, because I, I want to give you the opportunity is, to, you know. And Did and I then, get up at all? Or did you get <laughs> me up? Did you like what happened? Well, there was, well, you, okay, there was, there Absolutely, there was like signs of life, you know, and so. <laughs> oh, no, let me play the, the um, recording I had from Urban. I see you playing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just telling I'm giving the facts. Uh, I'm I want just, people to understand. Okay, all right. So I was like, I was like, does he hear him? You know, like, is he, you know. And uh, and so then, you know, I get up and I get him and you move and I think, oh, okay. It just took a little moment. Nope. Just flipping over. <laughs> just like a pancake just nah, done on that side better flip it over <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like what i must, I must have been oh, I, yeah. thought, I thought man he's doing what he's pulling a mickey no it's too soon no, to be pulling a mickey no. like that you know i don't I pull mickeys early until on, the first year early on i pulled mickeys it's <laughs> so awful it was still like i was, was awake but like I don't sleep it. No, that's bad. <laughs> but Wait, later, can I but also the, say this later little, on, I, yeah. I don't think I. In the beginning, in I, the I will say, in yes. the benin, in the beninging, <laughs> in the beninging. Um, <laughs> let me just say this though, because I remember when we learned that we were expecting our first child. Mm-hmm. I remember your, you know, 
superhero communication like we're in this together yes you're like i'm gonna be up with you yes i'm i'm we are in this yes good intentions man (laughs) (laughs) come on and you know and you have that moment where you're just like can you can you can you make it any more evident that you know you're not there's nothing you can really do except give moral support like can you make it more obvious that you know hey listen i mean you know because you, you know. your thing is always let me know if you need something. Yeah. But but no, that's not you know. Yes. I, don't know. I think most wives are kind of like we don't want to let you know when we need no, something. You gotta let we me want know. you to anticipate. No, we want you to no, see no. and do. Want us to be like you know. That's see. That's one of the problems. We we, <laughs> we can't be mind readers and just know. Like sometimes we can know. Yeah, that, that yeah. should be things we should know. But that's something that should yeah. be communicated so that's that true. we would really know. Like clearly, that is so true. You're so that is so true, and you got to have a healthy balance of that. I think. Um, sort of like the the compromise is that I just kick you and then go, oh, <laughs> you're awake? Okay, well, since, hey, um, <laughs> hey, Man. you're up too? You want to talk? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. See? Yeah. Anyways, it's the Friday edition. We do a, lot, a lighter show on Friday. We do. But um, this is going to be a little bit different because oh, we yeah, didn't finish everything we wanted to talk about right. on yesterday. Yeah. So kind of want to pick up with that and want to open the phone lines up. Um, and we'll do that when we come back in the second segment and for the duration of the show, we will take listener calls because uh, it seemed that the phone lines were pretty lit yesterday. Yeah, they were. People wanting to respond to our topic as we were talking about the industry that has been created in this country. That is the proliferation of woke theology. I mean, just spreading the yeah. <laughs> the horrible news that you are irreparably broken and it's made its way into um, our high schools. Right. And so that was the focus of the show. And really we're calling parents to do what we always call parents to do and that is to disciple your children that is to you know excuse me make them impervious to the culture Mm. um let me just add this story Mm -hmm. because yesterday let's see the story there was one story from the washington free beacon yes which was american high schools go woke uh an additional story that was a little bit older but i just kind of used it to kind of paint a bigger picture of the money that flows through woke teaching uh, this was also from the Washington Free Beacon, uh, was written back in July. Same author, man named Charles Fane Lehman. It was The Wages of Woke, The Wages of Woke. Mm-hmm. And then today, today on The Daily Wire. So this story um, was unfolding or being reported yesterday, possibly even while we were doing the show. Possibly. <laughs> OK, um, but this story uh, reports that uh, San Diego Unified uh, school district um, is holding white privilege training sessions for all their teachers. Say what? San Diego Unified School District <sighs> is holding. So here's the story. Just to add to everything that we discussed yesterday, I'm I'm telling you, it's sort of like the margins are just kind of closing in. It's everything's just kind of closing in, and so the people of God have to be very discerning. So here's a little bit of the story. On Thursday, an exclusive report on leaked documents, leaked documents reveal that the San Diego Unified School District was holding training sessions where teachers were told of their, quote, white privilege, end quote, Mm. uh, that they were racist and that they were part of an oppressive white power structure. Not only are the teachers told that they must acknowledge their, quote, unquote, privilege and embrace, quote, unquote, anti-racist ideas, they um, were instructed to teach others to see their privilege. So it's kind of... They're going to disciple others to Mm -hmm. learn that they are irreparably broken, Mm -hmm. right? There's no hope. 
uh, but we can kind of medicate you with tens of thousands of dollars of seminar. Right. You can't, you can't be healed, right? We can just treat your symptoms. We can't eradicate the disease of your whiteness. Amazing. We can't get rid of that. You can always have that, but we can make it so that um, the display of your whiteness is not so pronounced. <laughs> That's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars, all right? Um, but we can help you with that. A man by the name of Christopher Rufo of um, City Journal reported what he discovered that the San Diego Unified School District is forcing teachers to attend white privilege training in which teachers are told, again, you are racist and you are upholding racist ideas, structures and policies. Uh, the training begins with a land acknowledgement. The training begins <laughs> with a land acknowledgement in which the teachers are asked to accept that they are colonizers living on stolen Native American land. Mm -hmm. Then the teachers are told that they will experience guilt, anger, apathy, and closed-mindedness because of their white fragility. Robin DiAngelo. Yep. Um, that's right, everyone. <laughs> yes, and please turn to page 71 in my book to learn how to remedy that, right? Mm. Well, and I say that jokingly, but in this training, according to this reporter, they actually did show videos of Robin D'Angelo talking about white fragility. Um, they watched clips of Robin D'Angelo and uh, Ibram Kendi. Mm -hmm. And then the trainers told the teachers, okay, after they watched this video, quote, you are racist. Can you, can you imagine this? Like, I'm just, it can you get like a picture it, yeah. of this, you know, sitting in an empty classroom mm -hmm. and you're a teacher and you show up and you've got this special training that has been called, you know, and you sit there and then they play this clip of Robin DiAngelo, um, as we describe in America, a white woman and Ibram Kende, mm -hmm. Kendi, a black yeah. man. OK, um, telling them that they are racist and evil and that there's no fix for them. Then they turn the video off and then those who are hosting or conducting the training then they start in on the teachers. You are racist. You are <laughs> upholding racist ideas, structures, and policies. And you must com commit to becoming anti-racist in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You must submit to a new racial orthodoxy. That's what the teachers were told. Can you? And, and this is what teachers will teach kids. <laughs> At this point... I think it's important to mention that the San Diego Unified School District um, has a 47% proficiency re rate in reading and math. We'll take a break and be right back. If the Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's the Friday edition. Uh, we call it our gumbo show because everything goes in the pot. We do a little bit of a lighter show generally. Uh, today, maybe not so much. We have some unfinished business from Thursday. We appreciate you joining us, though. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's KB with This Is Life. KB is messing up worship. 
Let me tell you why. It's a good. No, it's it's excellent. I really do actually think I like I like KB. I think he's very very gifted and and I love what he's doing with music. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are times that I just want to sing the worship song. <laughs> but your children will come behind and do the KB version <laughs> while I'm just I'm just singing the worship song and Nathaniel or Sam Witt will say and the band says no that's not the version I'm doing I'm not doing that one right and this is, we're, we're not, anyways <clears throat> welcome back to the show here's the number if you want to talk to us uh, yesterday we were talking about uh, woke 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 ministry um, woke ministry in, yes. in, infiltrating <laughs> infiltrating <laughs> your kids schools. And um, really trying to, you know, why, why do we why do we talk about this? People will know that we educate our kids at home. And so there may be some questions like, why do you guys keep talking about what's happening in the public school system? And, you know, why do you care? Well, because I know that Christians have their kids still in this system. And so we feel it our duty to warn parents. I, I would say, man, you know, listen, my strong conviction is that we have to take our kids out of this system. Mm-hmm. I really believe that the system is set up to destroy kids. I This yeah, is our conviction, right? But I understand that each person must be convinced of that by the Lord, right? right? That's a conviction that has to come from the Lord. Exactly. It was a conviction. That's how we arrived yep. there. The Lord convinced us of that, yep. that that was what we needed to do to preserve our children so that they would be useful to him. That's our conviction, right? So, you know, what we recognize is that people are arriving at places at different times. Well, in the meantime, we feel it our responsibility to warn parents and to say, hey, look out for this. Look out for that. Know that this is going on. And then also maybe provide some tips on combating it and uh, and standing against it. And so that's why we talk about this. Um, but if you want to join us, be a part of the conversation today. Mm-hmm. The phone lines are open. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Um, the topic from yesterday and really anything you wanted to discuss uh, American high schools are they're going woke. And my observation is that the reason this is happening, one is spiritual, but two, it is also connected to financial gain. Yeah. And I got to tell you, as we see with the industry of abortion, anytime something that is wicked to its <clears throat> core mm-hmm. and connected to financial gain, you're going to have a hard time eradicating it. Yeah. Now, as long as the woke philosophy was just an ideology, you know, you stood a better chance at tearing it down, right? Which is why we should have really put in the work before it grew as an Come industry. On. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We should have put in the work while it was still just, you know, lofty thought that mm-hmm. we would tear down, that we would expose it, that we would be casting down these lofty thoughts that would try to exalt themselves ab- above the knowledge of God, right? But we didn't do that. And now it has found itself an industry home. And and looking, if you compare it to the abortion industry, whenever, you know, their means of gain was interfered with, right? That's mm-hmm. that's when, you know, demons of darkness, <laughs> like, <laughs> rear their heads the most, yeah. you know? I don't mean to be so graphic in describing it, but I mean, come on, right? This is what happened with the Ephesians, yep. right? I mean, when, when, when people, when the threat to making money because they're making idols and all these things. If people become converts and, you know, and nobody wants to worship Diana, right. <laughs> um, then, then what are we going to do? We're going <laughs> to, we're going to stand out. We're going to yell for two hours. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so anyway, 
the, the point that I'm making is the infiltration of this woke theology into your kid's school um, is because it is connected to financial gain. It also has the thrust of the ideology itself, mm -hmm. but now people are making money. So you got to hire people to do these trainings, right? And, and, and while these people are living the good life, Robin DiAngelo, Ibram Kendi, uh, Tanahisi Coates, uh, while these, these people are living the good life, making money off of teaching that you are, if you're white, irreparably broken and your children are too. Your children are, just please understand. I mean, you know, don't think because your kids are Act 17 that they kind of get to pass and that they're just talking to the parents. Mm. No, they're talking to you and they're talking to your kids. Remember, the teachers who learn that they have white privilege, that they're irreparably broken, are supposed to teach this to other teachers who will teach this to kids. Man. Understand that. Man. So imagine what it, what it will feel like in a classroom for kids of various ethnicities to be sitting around each other and then kind of looking like, Oh, wait a minute. I mean, just think about what that looks like. Right. right. And this is the country that we're going to live in. Right. This is the country we're living it's in. Crazy. Now. It is crazy. All right. Um, what do you want to do? You want to take some calls? Sure. Let's take some call, uh, calls. Let's go to Lee in Mississippi. Hi Lee. You guys are like adrenaline for faith. Praise God. <laughs> in my life, we try not to miss you guys. At all. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. We, thank you. We've been married 46 years. Wow. Come on. And you guys are you're tickling me about your little things about, you know, did he answer? Did, did he respond? <laughs> <laughs> grandbaby visiting right now. The great grandbaby. Wow. So wow. And enjoying you guys so much. But I want you to know you guys are like Nehemiah. You're on the wall. Mm. And you've got one hand, you, 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 you've got your tools. And on the other hand, you already know what you got in the other hand. Mm -hmm. I'm in the Navy. I was in the Navy in the CB. We did construction. Oh, thank we you. We're like the Nehemiah Warriors. But mm -hmm. you guys are. And what you're declaring almost and making us understand is is like the, the children, if we don't go back to VBS and things that we've run our children through to make them understand God is important. They've taken kindergarten and taken it away from us hmm. and caused it a platform for skullduggery, if you will, for black women. Mm. We love you guys so much. We love you. Oh, God bless don't, you. Don't, uh, don't get weary hmm. doing well because you're, you're, you're just such a blessing, I'm telling you. Thank you so much, oh, Lee. Oh, God bless God, you, we, Lee. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. And, and that. I'll say this, uh, 46 years married, Man. we'll take your class. We'll take <laughs> right. your class. Thank you Man, so much. God we for appreciate that. it. That's a blessing. All right, let's go. Where do go. we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Fred in Texas. Hi, Fred. Hello. Hello. I wanted to share some thoughts about the bantering that you were doing about getting up with the kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> well, the first thought is the kids will learn what they have to do to get your attention. So with my first baby, <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought, I'll just lay here a few minutes. Maybe she'll go back to sleep. She learned that <laughs> when she started to scream, I would come. Mm. So I actually <laughs> taught her to scream when she woke up at night. <laughs> wow. I didn't make that's, that that's mistake it. with the other two. Mm -hmm. My second thought <laughs> is time passes so quickly. Yeah. And, and parents spend all this energy worrying about, I wish we were in the next phase. 
Mm, but each yeah. phase goes by so quick. You mm-hmm. say, I wish You're they so would right. respond more. And then they respond more, and you say, gosh, <laughs> I loved when they used to lay still <laughs> and I could just hold them. That's and right. you say, I wish I could talk. And then they'd learn to talk, and you wish they would shut up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, Fred, no. I agreed too quickly. I didn't no. know where you were going with that. Okay, my third thought uh, has to do with Will waking up. Uh-huh. And that is that the Lord has designed our brains to hear what we need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. When I, no, that's not a joke. When I was a midshipman, <laughs> I spent six okay. weeks on an aircraft carrier, mm-hmm. and they put me in uh-huh. a stateroom that was immediately under the catapult that they launched the jets from. Wow. So it sounded like a cannon going off. In, in three days, I didn't hear it at all. Wow. But I would wow. hear the gentle tapping on the door and somebody saying, this is Petty Officer, it's time for your watch. <laughs> Wow. 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 Um, yeah, that's amazing. That's an excellent point. Moms will always hear the babies. Mm-hmm. They're wired to. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Dads will hear the babies if mom's not there because he has his brain subconsciously knows he's got that responsibility. But if he knows you're there, uh, it's easy to sleep through it because his subconscious says those babies are going to be okay. Oh, that's that is so sweet, thank Fred. You, that's Fred. I thank you for that illustration. Thank you for painting that picture. Um, that's good. <laughs> I, I I'm still gonna kick him. Um thank you though. I appreciate <laughs> oh. it. <laughs> Fred said, you know, I was thinking about what, what Fred said when he talked about the stages going going by so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um he is so right yes. about that. And and I, I have to say that with the older we have gotten, right? With so with the birth of all these children, you know, mm-hmm. we're getting older as well. I think that we are able to slow down and kind of enjoy it more. I, I don't know if you would agree with that or I, not. Like I it's, do agree, but and I but I, I I have this thought in my mind that even though I, I feel like we can slow down right now, like we're st- and enjoying it more, that we still we're mm-hmm. still gonna feel like man, that was so fast. Like you yes, know, re- I agree. Yeah, no matter what, we even I think we're kids, gonna feel that way. Yeah, even the kids notice it. They because they are so so much older. The big three, they're yeah. able to see how fast Timmy is growing. Right. Um, in fact, JD came in one morning recently because uh, he's a potato now. <laughs> he's a potato. Ends with the letter A. He's a potato. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and and JD came in and he said, oh, "Man, what what happened to the little baby? You know that you that you brought home? Right. And so of course I make Timmy talk and he said, "Oh, what that little guy? <laughs> I ate him. He <laughs> looks like he ate the baby I brought home. I mean, he's just he's just." His fat is fat. He's just so sweet, though. You know, he's got rolls that have rolls, and it's happening like overnight. Every night, he, yeah. you get up in the morning, and it's like he's he's a different he's kid. So he's yeah. absolutely right, Fred. He's you know, yeah. the kids grow fast. We're gonna we're gonna have two teenagers mm-hmm. um, next Man. year, wow. and and they happen to be girls. Yes. which I think that that's um, older teenagers in girl years because <laughs> yeah. of the drama. Oh. Oh. Anyway, yes. that's a different show. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that at another time. Let's go back to the phone line, shall All we? All right. Let's go to Jim in Mississippi. Hi, Jim. Hello. Long time. Hello. Uh, Hello. The, the prompt that you had uh, about being woke kind of made me think about uh, the state of Mississippi getting a new flag 
one of the requirements was to have in God we trust put on it. And knowing full well that we have an open abortion mill operating mm. in Mississippi, mm. uh, that that is such a contradiction. And I'm thinking, where are the voices of Christian uh, either lay or leaders mm-hmm. that say, look, at least we've got to respectfully describe who this God is that we say that we trust, and we sure as heck can't be having an open abortion mill mm. and loud titles like that. So yeah. as far as the dis- description of being woke, mm-hmm. I think I don't, I don't think we're in a coma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out for food for thought and get mm-hmm. your thoughts on that. All right. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, no, I, I do think that it's a working contradiction there yeah. to um, to assert that, you know, your state is trusting in God um, <laughs> and at the same time slaughtering babies. I think the same is true for us as a nation. I mean, yes. we say that as a nation, that's our national motto right. in God we trust. And right. I mean, if you look at all of the states, I mean, if you take just in total, you know, t- just talking about our nation as a whole, right. um, man, you know, there is the need not only for repentance in this country, we do we do talk about that, um, but there is a a need for a turning away from our sin, and you know when you consider that you've got women who are feeling the pressure and even succumbing to the pressure of aborting their babies, and they identify themselves as Christian, um, I think if I'm not mistaken on numbers, like upwards of eighty percent mm-hmm. of the women who are having abortions are identified as Christians. Um, that's a problem. That discipleship, true training, you know, understanding what it is to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, that that situation could be remedied. That where at least we don't have Christians who are doing this, right? Mm-hmm. People who claim to be followers of Christ, people who claim to love Jesus, at least we don't have Christians who are taking part in this. Yeah. So there, there are many starting points for us to repent and to turn from this and to get it right. There are many starting points and we've missed them on, on so many, so many points. So anyways, yeah, that's a, that's a great observation, Jim. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. All right. Let's go to Glennis in Alabama. Hi, Glennis. Hi. Hello. Hello. Nikki, you are just a beautiful person. And so are you, Mr. Addison. And I appreciate you both. You you guys are awesome. Watch people on the wall. Oh, And, um, I just want to say that um, I humbly think that the teachers union needs to be disbanded Mm. um, because I believe that they've been infiltrated by um, people that want to have your children stray um, and sexualize children. And Mm -hmm. and that's wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. Teachers are there to teach. They're not there to give you a a political opinion Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. a sexual opinion. Mm -hmm. They're there to teach you. That's Mm -hmm. right. That's right. But, you know, just teaching children is far too neutral for those who have um, nefarious desires. Right. That's teaching is far too neutral. Just to say two plus two is four. Ah, You know, we got to talk about how you feel about that. 
<laughs> we got to make everything very subjective so that we can enter our ideology stage left. Mm. That's that's what we we got to ask you how you feel about math so that we can talk to you about your other feelings that you might have, right? Maybe about your sexual identity. Yeah. We're in trouble. <laughs> we are in trouble. Let's grab the break. Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio. We'll be right back. back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Marcus Rogers with Great God. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and we have queued up your calls at 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I think we still have a pretty full bank of calls, if I'm not mistaken. So yes. we can go right back to the phone lines if you'd like. All right, let's do that. And let's go to Sarah in Virginia. Hi, Sarah. Oh, hi, Will. Hi, Mickey. Hello. I love your show. Hello. Thank you. you. All take God me bless back you. to the days of raising my children. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I remember the joy. I remember the pain. Mm. I remember the laughter. And it's wonderful. Thank Aww. you. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I do. I, I, but I'm a great grandmother now. Okay. So it's been a while, like I said, so you take me back a lot of times. And I said, oh, yeah, I remember all that. Oh, yeah, I remember that, too. <laughs> but anyway, I said, and Lord, can I forget that one? <laughs> I yeah. don't want to remember that one. <laughs> Just take that one right on. But anyway, yes. I, like I said, I'm a great-grandmother now. but And I hate to show my ignorance, but will you please, Please, please tell me what is woke? Where did it come mm -hmm. from? And are they creating a whole new blooming language that I got to learn? <laughs> um, well, let me answer the last question first, Miss um, Sarah. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, yes, they are creating a whole new language that we have to learn. Um, but here's what I was suggesting, and I'll, I'll backtrack to your first question. Um, what I would suggest is that we learn the language not to adopt it, but that we learn the language so that we continue to define our terms when we speak. Mm -hmm. So it's when I say not to adopt it, I don't mean that we can't use it because obviously I'm using it. Mm -hmm. But we we don't allow ourselves to be pushed into a corner where we use the words the way that they have defined them in some instances. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a later discussion that can be had around that. Um, so the word woke actually comes from consciousness, right? To where you have a group of people who will awaken, um, have a conscious, uh, have their consciences awakened to their state in life. Okay. Well, they will understand it and, and kind of be enlightened, see the world as it truly is. Um, there was a, there was a movie out a few years ago oh, yeah. that popularized that term woke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm not recommending it and I can't even remember the name, so I can't it? recommend it. Or, um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I know that that is sort of what gave it um, a 
common use, a more common use than it had. The the term woke, which was um, consciousness, was more of an academic type um, word or understanding, right? And so when you research critical theory and critical race theory, and I wish I had some more of my notes here in front of me, what we're talking about is an academic philosophy that seeks to dismantle every structure that we hold dear in this country. So when a person says, and I'm hopeful to, to answer your question, Sarah, when a person says that they are woke, that means that they now see a reality that people are refusing to acknowledge or they cannot yet see. Okay. And what is that reality? That reality is that there, there are underclasses of people who are always underclass, right? And they are constantly fighting and in a struggle to make it to the top, all right? Um, the people who are at the top need to be pulled down from that place. They need to recognize that they have privilege. They need to recognize that they have access and opportunities to things that the people who are beneath them do not have and will never have. Unless those people who have the access, those people who have the privilege, you'll also hear woke uh, connected to privilege, unless those people who have all of these things acknowledge it and give it up. Yeah. You have you have to give up your privilege. Right. So if in the context of what we're talking about today, mm -hmm. um, if you are less melanated in this country. All right. Uh, in the United States of America, we call that white. <laughs> probably in other parts of the world as well. Um, if you are white in America, you automatically have privilege and you have opportunity that people who are not white in America, um, don't have. Mm -hmm. And so the woke person is the person who says, Oh, I see that mm -hmm. my eyes are open. Oh, okay. You have awakened my consciousness, right? Where I understand that there are people in positions of power who will always have power, who have always had power. And there are people who have never had power and will never have power unless the people in power give it up. Yeah. Right. Um, this used to be simply um, divided down uh, socioeconomic lines. Well, not socioeconomic, just economic lines. Um, but, but we add the, we added the social concept to it because we had to keep, um, I would say um, enlarging, the group of people that are the underdogs, right. the underclass. So now it's not just color. It's also human sexuality, sexual identity. Um, it, it is also disability. Anybody, <laughs> anybody who's not a white male in America, you know, you, you can be the underdog hmm. and there's, there's a, there's a hierarchy. All right. Mm -hmm. And so um, the person who is at the bottom of the hierarchy is at the top in woke world. That's right. Okay. Meaning that they are deserving of the most honor. Right. It's really sick guys. I, you know, I call it the race to the bottom. Everybody is trying to show that they have points. They have points. And when, when I say points, I, I don't only mean like numeric value. All right. But they, they also have um, points of oppression mm -hmm. that kind of um, justifies their being celebrated in our culture. It's really sick. It, yeah. There's no place for it in our church. There's no place for it at all, right. at all. Because you think about it, when we say that we come to Jesus Christ and we confess that we are sinners, we repent, we agree with God that we deserve judgment. And then we appropriate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ 
Christ's righteousness is applied to us. That means now we are justified. That there's no justification in woke world. Right. If if you are a sinner, and simply just by color of your skin, okay, makes you sinful, wicked, right? You will always be that way. You you can't be justified. In fact, you have to acknowledge that you're forever a racist. Mm. That you you have to acknowledge that. So, anyways, that's that's a sloppy way of kind of trying to summarize what it is without going into all the details and doing a full presentation. But that's that's what woke is, Sarah. So when you hear people talking about that, that's that's what they that's what they feel when they say they're woke. That's right. Kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. But anyway, all right. Where do we go next, Will the Great? <laughs> okay, let's go to uh, Paul in Mississippi. Hi, Paul. Hey, hello. Want to thank y'all for all that you do. Enjoy listening to y'all's show. Thank you. Um, thank you. I had hearing y'all discuss over the public school situation, and mm-hmm. you know the Lord had convicted y'all about pulling your children out. And mm-hmm. for one, I just want to say that uh, I'm an ed- I'm an educator, mm-hmm. but I'm also a pastor as well, mm-hmm. and um, I have had the opportunity uh, to lead several of my children, uh, my students, to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, now that I currently uh, serve at, uh, our administration has asked me to do a faculty devotion uh, each or one, once a week mm-hmm. in the morning. And awesome. we have a great number of, of teachers show up for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I actually got an email yesterday about a, a teacher looking for some students uh, to get Bibles. Mm. I have a student that is currently uh, been raised atheist his whole life. His parents are atheists. And my thing is, if we get all the Christians out of the school system, mm-hmm. then if we don't if we don't have godly men and women teaching these children at a young age, mm-hmm. we're going to have fits trying to reach them when they get grown. So, you know, there are a lot of uh, families that can't afford mm-hmm. for mom or daddy to stay home and homeschool. So mm-hmm. a lot of these children are going to be sent to the public school system anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my thing is we need not only Christian educators there, but we need Christian children there that are, are, are witnessing to their students as well. And this student, mm. uh, pray for him as he continues his journey. He's been going to church and, the Lord's been showing some things to him. At this, at this time, he has not trusted Christ, but he's 17 years old and been raised atheist his whole life. Mm. But my thing, hey, Paul. If he didn't, let, yes. Let me, can give me a moment, please. I want to respond to what you're saying. I, I, I get everything that you've just communicated, but mm-hmm. if you'll bear with me just a moment, I would like to respond to some of the points that you're making because you're not the first person to make these points. I think that so many Christians have concerns when they hear talk about homeschooling and even to the point that you made now, you know, when we do, I don't know what your subject is in school, what you, what you taught, but like, I'll, I'll say, for example, um, take math when we're doing math with our kids and our kids are doing word problems. There are times that they are doing word problems where they have two different units of measure. And then the final question will be, how much, and then it gives a specific unit of measure. So I tell them, first thing, I say, read, read the word problem twice and slow. And then I say, what do you have to do? So you, you've got to convert one of those units of measure, right? So that you're making an adequate comparison. So that when you get the answer, the answer is right. So what I want to do here is I want to make sure that we have the same unit of measure. 
I am not saying that there should not be Christian representation in our public school system, not at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, to our brother Paul, I would say you are doing exactly what God expects us to do. You are being salt and light. You are advancing the kingdom, right? I am not advocating for Christians who teach or who are in administration, who are coaches, who even are, if you're a custodian, whatever it is that you're doing in the public school system, I'm not advocating for Christians to to engage in some sort of Christian hemorrhage from public life. That's not what we're called to do. However, what I will say is that the kids that we are sending to the public school system who are coming from Christian homes are not ready. Mm -hmm. They cannot do what you do, Paul. And we're kidding ourselves by thinking that our kids are ready just because they're in our homes. We have not adequately discipled them. They don't know accurately what the gospel is. They don't have the boldness to communicate the gospel. And in fact, they are resisting the devil barely themselves. (laughs) So when we put them in an environment where they are outnumbered, they are outwitted, they're outsmarted, right? Then they are not going to get the gospel to the place that we are hoping or telling ourselves they're going to get the gospel. Now, here is what we would never do. And, and bear with me here, because I think the argument is we're going to make our kids missionaries and we're going to put them in school. In fact, Will the Great and I had that same argument, did we, we not? Did. Our kids are going to be missionaries. Oh, man, they're going to light it up for Jesus, right? But let me tell you what I would never do. Now, maybe some people listening to me are different, but I would not take my four-year-old and put him on a plane to China and say, go win the loss. I wouldn't do it. Why? Because my four-year-old is not ready to make it in a culture where he doesn't speak the language, he doesn't know the people, and furthermore, he doesn't know the gospel adequately enough. He can't defend what he believes. He doesn't yet know how to make converts. So for me to put him on a plane and send him to China or send him to Israel and say, he's going to be a missionary, and then I'm not there. I'm, he's just he's just gone by. I give him a backpack. OK, put some Bibles in it and I tell him, go win the loss. I would never, ever do that. But we look at the public school system that now it's not like it's not like it was. It is. It's not like it was. OK, our kids are outnumbered. They are the minority. Bible believing Christian kids are the minority. And so if that's true, that we're going to send them as missionaries, then we must do a thorough job of equipping them. And my fear, my concern is that we have not done that. We have not prepared our kids. They don't know how to use the word. They don't know what is in the word. They are pressed with hard questions. They can't answer them. They have doubts. Their doubts have never been entertained by adults who can give them the answer to those questions. Because sadly, some of the adults don't even know the answers. Mm. So we are kidding ourselves when we say, I am dispatching my kid. Now, look, the time will come where we have to shoot our kids out as arrows. All right. They have been placed in our quiver. The Lord intends them to go out and be salt and light. But first, don't we have to sharpen them, make them ready for use? Who's going to fire out? Who's going to shoot out a dull arrow? Who's going to shoot out a nub? No, what we're going to do is we're going to sharpen those arrows. We're going to make sure that there is a right trajectory for them. And then we're going to fire them out. And we expect them. 
to win souls. Mm. We expect mm. them to make converts. But when you take your kid at four or at five, six, and then have them matriculate through the public school system, and that's all they've ever known for eight hours a day, the kids who come out of that and, and remain Christian, that's not because that's automatic. That's in spite of what they have endured. I know. I lived it. So that's all I'm saying. I know we've run out of time. Um, but until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.